you ready? The engines sound like they're ready to go. Are you all set? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 12, issue 587. And today we're going to talk about the Ridge Racer series of video games. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue are Chris Worthington. Hello. And Tony Atkins. Hello. We haven't got one of those folks who uh, does some kind of vocal interpretation of something. Uh, should game. we just get out of the way and go, Ridge no. Racer? <laughs> well, there you go. And that's then everybody, done. yeah, that's It's done. the final lap. Uh, now, I've never understood, really, to be honest, why is it Kaz Hirai got so much m- mimification for his know, Ridge Racer? <laughs> I thought it was like, you know. No, because I, he I, goes, remember that? Ridge remember this Racer! One? <laughs> yeah. And then the audience has that kind of trickle of, uh-huh. And, and it yeah. may have actually, we'll talk about how Ridge Racer has been up and down in popularity. I just think that was maybe a low point in Ridge Racer's history mm. and him... Wasn't he people... promoting the PSP game, which yeah, is absolutely was. awesome. So yeah, there we go. He was more excited than I was. But anyway, that's fine. <laughs> I was excited. I didn't think it deserved it. Is, the... But it is a shame that the entirety of the Ridge Racer series seems to be come down to one silly meme that happened on the internet recently. Yeah. You know, so well, that's yes. enough of that. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be more celebratory. It's a venerable <laughs> series of 30 years. It's an arcade racing game, if you don't know. And it started, yeah, in the arcades back in ni- October 1993. Hence, we're here 30 years on, pretty much, give or take. And uh, the last version of that originally came out for the PS1 in September 1995. It's by Namco, as was then Bandai Namco. And now Ridge Racer arrived in the arcades six months before Sega's Daytona USA, which we covered back in podcast issue 331. Creators at Namco were Yozo Sakagumi and Fumihiro Tanaka, and the producer was Toru Iwatani, creator of Pac-Man, of course. Uh, although it seems like that maybe in some ways this game seems so much more kind of modern and flash, it was actually only 12 years after, or 13 years after Pac-Man came out, so yeah, it makes sense. That. Yeah, um, and I yeah, I think I remember seeing Ridge Racer for the first time. I may have told this not particularly exciting anecdote on the Daytona show but I I have a recollection I don't think it's a false memory that I first saw Ridge Racer and Daytona USA on the same day and I actually thought that Ridge Racer was slightly the more kind of visually impressive (laughs) Uh, obviously I was at at this point Namco had been from my perspective had been a bit quiet for a few years and they were kind of resurgent in this era especially with their tie-ins with PlayStation stuff uh, obviously, I was a fan of their arcade games from the early 80s, including racing games like Pole Position, which was 10 years before this or 11 years, something like that. Um, but it was, of course, you know, Ridge Racer, you'll still find in maybe dedicated vintage re- retro arcades, whereas the Daytona cabinets that you saw then are often still to be found in arcades yeah. to this day, as we talked about on that show. Any early memories of seeing a Ridge Racer in the wild? Chris? No. And no? and so I'm going to have the same conversation with you, Leon, as I seem to have had in all the other arcade issues <laughs> that I've done. Is there one in Arcade Club? <laughs> uh, that I can't remember. Can you remember? I think there might be a Rave Racer. Oh, okay. I have so a feeling. I, I'm struggling, really struggling to picture any time I've seen Ridge Racer 
in the wild, let alone back in the day, and certainly right. no early memories. I mean, I, I, for me, and we'll we'll come on to this when we talk about histories. For me, it, it's a console game, and I know it's arcade heritage is where is where it it started, but it's it it, it lives in my brain as a console game for sure. And yeah, I'd be much the same. Um, having a look at the, the pictures here of the arcade cabinet, it, it does ring no bells. I mean, it, that may just be the prevalence of Daytona in <laughs> in the arcades that really was the, the front and centre. Um, but I'd, yeah, I'd, maybe lack of gaming knowledge here, but up until the the researching for this issue, I, I wasn't aware of its arcade heritage. I what I, no, I, no, I know, but I just... Get I, out of town. I wrongly assumed it was a... Uh, you know, its debut was on the PlayStation, and that's. I'm hey, fair enough. Slap me with a, a pad. I can call me Goodness an idiot. That's sake, fine, Tony. but but it does it does show you like the for me the power of that um, of the brand originally when the PlayStation hit for me. Right. Um, but no, I can't say I've ever seen a, a Ridge Racer arcade cabinet. Now, Have wow. you ever seen a picture of because it, it was released? And, yeah, I'm watching. Yeah, I'm looking pop, now. Sorry, Leon, if you're going to go on to talk about this, but it was. It had three different forms, didn't it? The original Ridge Racer cap. Have yeah. you ever seen the like the ultra deluxe version, which has the full on working dashboard with the six B gearbox and ignition key? Well, there's an even more deluxe one than that, which we'll talk about right at the end of the show, which was Ridge Racer full scale. Oh wow! Where, <laughs> where you actually sit in a sports car. Uh, so we start with a bit of correspondence from uh, Sean S. Thomas from the forum who says games cost so much money on PlayStation as a kid that when you got one, you knew you had about six months until you could get another. So you sure as hell got good at them. I rarely mastered many things in that era, often seeing end credits, but not being able to say I was great at that. But by God, did I sink some hours into Ridge Racing. <laughs> so many, in fact, that I managed to pull off three back-to-back -back perfect laps and keep the black car that normally overtook you on lap two behind me until the checkered flag. And it was one of my greatest achievements in gaming ever. I felt like a god. Never pulled it off again. Once was enough. Ridge Racer peaked for me at that point. I rented but didn't overly like Revolution. Rage Racer was good but never gelled in the same way. Type 4 looked and sounded the part, pushing the PS1 to its limit, but I think I prefer my racing games to have fewer, better tracks that ask you to master them rather than dozens to burn through once or twice. As a statement of intent, Ridge Racer was immense. It told every kid in the world that you could now play arcade-quality games in your living room, and it was amazing. Of course, the home version, although was extraordinarily impressive was nowhere near arcade perfect no. it had a few enhancements it had some extra options and things like that but also it was considerably lower rev re uh, resolution and uh, half the frame rate at 30 fps they targeted uh, they did something about that later on which we'll talk about my memory of getting ridge racer other than seeing it in the arcades was it wasn't one of the first PS1 games I bought. Obviously, I was aware of it and I was interested in it. I knew that it was meant to be quite slight on content. So I was sort of waiting for a waiting for a cheaper copy sort of thing. Um, I got Doom and Tekken and, and a few other things around uh, launch time. Waited for, uh, there was a day in, I think it was probably like February uh, 90, what year would it have been? Five, six, something like that. A little while after getting my, ps1 and uh there was a, a day where it looked like it was going to snow properly and i went to my favorite local games shop and uh bought secondhand copies of both wipeout uh, the original wipeout and uh and ridge racer and wipeout 
famously notoriously difficult and uh although i was into it and got okay at it in the end it was ridge racer that kind of really hooked me um it starts off pretty easy and straightforward mm-hmm. i pretty much clicked with the digital drifting straight away and yeah i played it absolutely tons for for a game with one circuit that is essentially <laughs> there's three variants of one circuit and the same grid of cars. Uh, I just loved the music. I loved the presentation. It was so flash and stylish. You look at it now, it's definitely aged a lot. Yeah. The textures are huge and chunky and fat. Um, the polygons are pretty basic. But I have to say, I still find it fun to play. Um, I wouldn't go back through what I did then, which was the same as our correspondent, to uh, to get to the end of the game and do the the absolute kind of apex of, Ridge Racer one achievements, which was to uh, to beat the Black Devil car. Yeah, and they went one further in in Revolution. Uh, so, who has played the original? Either well, no, we we know. I know you haven't played it at the arcades because you didn't even know it was an arcade game. <laughs> hey, I'm just uh, being who, on- honesty. Is the, no, the abso- no, you should. <laughs> you should absolutely be honest. Um, so, yeah, who played it on PS One? I when was this on the play- original PlayStation? What year was it? Ninety five. Ninety five. So, yeah, I'm. 94 in Japan. It I'm, was, I'm uh, a it was 15 year old kid, so you, you know, some of the, the nuances probably weren't quite with me then. I was just, I think at that time, I was just blown away by the presentation of what the, the original PlayStation was offering. And, you know, it's funny mm. that you mentioned Wipeout, which is much like you, a game that I, I love to, to love, but also was never particularly good at. Like, I, I, it just visually it was so spectacular i just wanted to be better at the actual game but could never quite get past its master I, of its difficulty you're 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 doing me da- i said i got really good at this one uh, no but i'm i'm saying ridge race like you is apart from wipeout so wipeout was that kind of like oh my god look how you know how technical showpiece this this console was for me another one was ridge racer it was that kind of like oh wow you know this looks incredible and it's right and like you I've gone back to uh, play this uh, Ridge Racer on the original hardware, well, original hardware, the PlayStation Mini with the smaller console released. Um, but on a, so emulation, really? No, 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 no. So the actual, remember they released the oh the PS One, yeah, the PS One, well, the small version of the yeah, PlayStation. yeah. Oh, so I love that. I yeah, have yeah, one of those, yeah. which is absolutely. cool, and I've got the original disc because they were ten a penny. Like you know, it's just one of the discs. Yeah, you absolutely. Have, you have a line around. Yeah, and, we can count that as original hardware. For yeah. Sure. So, but I've been playing that on a big oled which you know as we all know is probably not the way mm-hmm. to go with this stuff and yeah it looks not great on that like it's but it's never it was never designed to run like that but i still had a lot of fun going back to it and and just seeing the playstation boot up screen all those things that come in like it brought me back to being Shake in that room but be, me being that 15 year old just experiencing technology that i'd never seen almost like arcade perfect although i didn't know it was from the arcade but you know that kind of daytona feel at that time um and yeah, brought back a huge smile to my face. So those memories were still lingering there. Um, like you, I mean, we've got so many games to talk about. Then say, but Ridge Racer, obviously, where it really kicked off was I found the controls to be relatively stiff, um, pretty yeah. unforgiving. Um, there's a couple of areas where I, that I have to smile where you go over like a jump and the car feels like it's just such a flat like it just yeah. goes through the sky so flat and lands so flat without any inertia that it it kind I still of, love the bounce though when the bonnet hits the ground I still think they it, nailed that it made me yeah. smile like as it compared to many things today of course it doesn't have that feedback but 
it's still a, yeah it's still a, a relatively hard but fun game to play now and you know, we should say the um the original arcade machine of course had a steering wheel so analog controls and the playstation one at this point didn't have an no. analog controller <laughs> D-pad. Uh, so it was uh it was either use the d-pad or by uh uh nega uh, con the uh, one of our correspondents has kindly given me the right pronunciation for Neji-con, that device. Negicon, isn't it? Negicon, that's yeah, yeah. or the old cone, something like. But, that. Anyway, so t- yes. So before passing thing. it to to Chris, what I would say is that it's one of those ones where the attract screen was often played in places like H and V and you know a lot of these superstores yeah, yeah. to because it was it was a beautiful looking game at the time. So it's flash, absolutely. Chris, what are your memories? Yeah, of the so, first one. Yeah, I mean so. My so my memories and history of Ridge Racer pretty much tied to my history of the PlayStation itself. Yeah. So I, I was a slavishly a computer gamer in the eighties and and first half of the nineties. And mm-hmm. I would tell anybody who'd care to listen that consoles were useless. It was all about <laughs> computers. Spectrum, Amiga, PC. That was where it was at. And yeah. I, I had a mate, so 95, I had a mate, my mate Billy, had just got himself a PlayStation. And he, he called me and said, look, you need to come around and see this, this <laughs> thing. And I said, no, I'm not interested. I've been playing Lotus Turbo Challenge on the, on the Amiga. It's, I don't need it. He said, you've got to come around and see this driving game. I, remember, I distinctly remember walking into his rather smelly bedroom and he had Ridge Racer running when I got there. <laughs> and I looked at it and I said, that's rubbish. But inside, I could not believe what I was seeing, and we we've we've just said, and you're quite rightly on it. It's far it's far from arcade perfect, and I didn't have any frame of reference because I hadn't seen the arcade game running. But in my mind, when I was fourteen, fifteen, mm. I was watching an arcade game play out on his little fourteen inch CRT TV in his bedroom. And my mind, I literally, I couldn't believe it. And I went back home and I said <laughs> to my dad, he was always interested. My dad wasn't really interested in games, but he was interested in technology. And I remember saying to I said to him, I've just been to Billy's and I've just, I've just seen this game, this game called Ridge Racer. And I can't believe it. And I, and he, <laughs> I, I fired up the Amiga and, and loaded up. I remember loaded, I think it was like Lotus 2 or Lotus 3. Oh, right. great game though. <laughs> it, a, a wonderful video game in its own right. But I was sitting there playing it, and my dad come in and he said, you're thinking about that game you've just seen. Yeah, yeah. I was like, how can I go back to this after watching that? This did you know your future self. Yeah, Chris <laughs> was 95, got, got a PlayStation with a copy of Ridge Racer. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it, and it set me on a, on a path, really. I mean, I'm still a PC gamer now, but... Um, I'm now a kind of broad-minded, all-systems gamer, and it was, it was like something from the future. And, and yeah, yeah, you go back to it now, and it's, you know, it, it's got the jaggies, and the polygons are not very well defined, and it runs at thirty frames per second, and all of that. But I still think, I still think there's there's an aesthetic charm to it, mm-hmm. and, and and very much nostalgia tinted with this original because it's it, it's from its time, but it. It, yeah, changed my path of gaming completely. It's also because I think it sets out the, the template of what the series would certainly go on for many years to be, yeah. which is, you know, a fairly well, Eastern-inspired, um, bright, colourful, uh, arcade colours, a bit like Daytona at the time, but also that soundtrack, which is just synonymous with uh, of that, that era of games as well. So 
I think they didn't stray too far away from the, the mold. So, you know, what you see there is some quite, sometimes you just kind of mix up with so many of the other games in the series, but it managed to get those roots, you know, set yeah. down fairly hard straight away. Yeah. 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 I really love some of the tunes in the original game um, in a way that not many of the follow-up soundtracks ever appealed to me quite as much. Like some of it's actually quite, you know, harsh on the ears. It's a very early nineties drum and bass techno. Mm- yeah mad rave influence mm. um but so, some of it's kind of you know just kind of vintage video game tunes really atmospheric and driving and fun and funky and but pop I, do you know what i really appreciate about the original ridge racer even now to this day i don't ever feel like it's set out to be cool and i think a lot of a lot of that's the what play- makes it so cool <laughs> exactly and i think <laughs> that's why i think this is a to, for me i think this is aged better than the original wipeout because there was that thing, wasn't there, about the, the, the PlayStation and oh, you're going to play this in a nightclub and this is cool and this is gaming for grown-ups. This, this wasn't gaming for grown-ups. This was just gaming for gaming's sake. This was a pure, and still is a real pure arcade experience. And yet, you know, you can bemoan the, the lack of content for sure. Yeah, you, the, you know, there's, what, there's one track, essentially. But mm-hmm. in terms of a pure arcade game... I think this game stands up really, really well. And I think that's what made it cool in mm. that you don't get the impression that the designers and the artists who worked on it set out to make it cool. And also, for me, that ages it well. What a track. Like that one circuit. <laughs> like I, I didn't, I, I was playing it again for the show. I, I just think it's a, just a beautifully designed course that, um, that, you know, it's perfect for the handling of the cars. Obviously there are, there are, there is some variation within the four cars you can choose but um you know pick your pick your favorite and learn how to drift basically the mm-hmm. the key gameplay tenet is point your nose at the corner dab the brake and go sideways and uh, and you can't often you can't always see where you're going you're you're spending a lot of time looking at the wall which is something i know they changed <laughs> in later games but i actually really enjoy it because it it conveys a massive sense of danger and speed mm. um and of course the crashes are massively unspectacular you just bump into things and slow down there's no damage. There's nothing like that. There's no particles or anything like that. It's just boom, and you're slowed down. But just the thought of knowing that any any more than one little bump on the entire race and you're you're done for was uh, was enough to keep me going around that that deliciously Moorish circuit time and time and time again. Um, yeah, of course. The other thing was, uh, I guess, a famous ish thing about Ridge Racer One is that the entire game sat in PS One memory. Uh, and the audio was on Redbook CD audio, so you could actually pop the disc and carry on playing the game. And if you wanted to, if you wanted it to to uh, spool tunes off an audio CD while you're playing, you could do that. Um, but I didn't. <laughs> I tried it for novelty's sake, but I wanted my Ridge Racer music back. Uh, Ian Ian Ianson from our forum says the first Ridge Racer is still the one for me. Revolution is okay, but looks a bit like modded content. I find the track geometry strangely messy looking and various corner sequences lacking in flow, for lack of a better word. Maybe I'm just rubbish. Rage is where a bit of bloat came in with an upgrade system that seemed more laborious than just having cool new cars to pick. And unfortunately, some of the worst car sounds I've ever heard. Despite some amazing looking corners, I found it all looked unpleasantly dark. Type 4, while no doubt being an artistic and technical accomplishment, I fell off after trying to force myself to enjoy it for quite a few hours. The pretty but fairly glacial menus, boring dialogue between races and replacing the original handling with something slightly neutered 
contributed to me just going back to the original, which I continue to play over and over to this day. It was jaw-dropping on release, and for me today is basically a perfect retro video game. I would do absolutely anything for an M2 port of the original game on the Switch. Ridge Racer 2, there's not much for us to say about. Arcade only. It was a 2 in the sense that it was more of a 2.0. Uh, it's like uh, the same way that Afterburner 2 was was Afterburner 1 kind of finished in the arcades from Sega. It's just a sort of minor enhancement of Ridge Racer. Uh, it was not a new track. It wasn't anything like that. Uh, it was, yeah, basically a, a refined version to land in arcades the following year after Daytona had come and, out. And ignoring Revolution for a sec, because I know we're going to come to that, this never got a home port, did it, as Ridge Racer no. 2? No, 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 no. No, I don't think they... I mean, I think because Ridge Racer 1 had already... Although it didn't... Um, yeah, it may well have... The home version may have incorporated some of yeah, the tweaks. Yeah, 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 Because it came after, so yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously, releasing it as Ridge Racer 2 would have just been confusing. So... Yeah. Hence... The next release in the series doesn't even have Ridge in the title. It was called Rave Racer. Uh, arcades only, 1995, all around the world. Um, reasonably well received. Never received any home ports whatsoever. I have managed to play it in a couple of places. Um, I mean, basically, the, the name gives away that they've gone for an even more kind of hyper neon dance aesthetic. But really, it's uh, it's another track. Um, it adds another couple of tracks, actually, uh, as well as the originals and a new soundtrack, as I say, more dancey. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people won't have ever seen this one, especially if, I mean, if you've never seen Ridge Racer, you're probably never going to see Rave Racer. You can play it on emulation. Yeah, I tried it's that. not quite the same. Yeah. How'd, how'd it go? Yeah. I, I mean, I know, it, I know you can configure MAME if you spend enough time with it to, to make it playable or work well actually with with um analog you know ps dualshock or or whatever you you may want to choose um yeah i I didn't spend the time with it so had a had a very limited uh experience and i would say enjoyment with it but i mean it looks nice you know i'd i'd spend i was going through these in order for the for the show and just kind of revisiting and or visiting where i'd never played before Nice. And uh, having spent you know quite a long time with the original Red Racer, then to go to Rave Racer, all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, <laughs> that really does look better. Uh, but it, it's uh, yeah, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna do it via emulation, probably do it properly, buy yourself a cheap USB steering wheel, and, and mm-hmm. you know have a good go at it. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame it's ne- it never came home. I'm still dreaming as per our previous correspondent of some sort of retro compilation handled by one of the one of the the good studios who you would trust to do it like m2 but it wouldn't just be ridge racer one it would be all the games from this era would it even be a case of problems with licensing but i guess that they probably created most of the music so no it's all it's it's all in-house all cars all yeah which is yeah which makes it more baffling (laughs) there's there's been there's been a very real lack of re-releases of Ridge Racer games, uh, as as we'll sort of discover. Mm. Um, Ridge Racer 1 was never, as far as I know, maybe in Japan, but wasn't re-released on the PSN store as a as a playable game for PSP or PS1, um, you know, PS3, um, for example. Why? I have Especially no idea. Especially because it feels like it was a poster child of that kind of... Well, it is totally early, iconic for yeah, early PlayStation. Early PlayStation. Mm. I just feel like 
Namco decided that Ridge 4 was the one and everything else wasn't worth kind of keeping, but I just fundamentally don't agree. <laughs> so. Yeah, you wonder whether they've got something up their sleeve, some kind of museum collection, because it is weird that it's never had. Yeah. You know, so you just wonder whether they're going to, yeah, I don't know, or some form of reboot which may package some of these older titles in. Yes, please. Yeah. So, yeah, Ridge Racer Revolution was next, a separate track from those of uh, the arcade games. This was December 95 in Japan, May 96 in Europe, and unusually, they had to wait another six months in the US till September 1996 for this one to come out. Um I bought this one day one. I can't remember if I traded in my copy of Ridge One to get it, quite possibly because I'd mastered Ridge One by this point. Mm. Um and I went on to master this one as well. I beat the again, beat the the, the Black Devil and the White Angel cars and um loved the new soundtrack. Some of the soundtracks are remixes of the first game. There's also some new tunes in there. Um slight change of aesthetic it's all kind of beach cabanas and sunsets and and whatever else i do agree that i think the overall course design isn't quite as strong mm. as the first game here uh quite just not quite as satisfying but the more i played it the better i got at it the more i mastered it the more i enjoyed it and um and again it's just a shame that this game was just yeah after this release that was it boom gone forgotten um i don't think it's a particularly hard one to get hold of no. if you if you have a, a PS1 hardware. But, um, yeah, any memories of this or or have you tried it out more recently for the first time, Chris? Yeah, I didn't have this back in the day. Uh, I think I, I don't really recall much about it, to be honest. I mean, I, I wonder whether I was put off by... It got, looking back at it now and recollection to some extent, a pretty lukewarm critical reception, didn't it? Mixture. Well, it was a mixture. Like Next Generation magazine, which was the US Edge, gave it two stars. And um, GameSpot gave it 5.9 out of 10. But over here, uh, Edge, our Edge gave it a seven, which That's was, good. you know, a solid score for an Edge magazine. And CMVG gave it 95. Did they? So, wow. yeah. But but yes, there were, there was some, some uh, spread of scores. There was a lot of talk that... It wasn't different enough from the original. I think that was my problem. I think, and I think that was what I remember the chat yeah. at the time being was yeah. that this is pretty much just the same game. It's with, an expansion pack. Yeah, yeah. It, and that's for full price. That's what it felt. I mean, I think I, I didn't. Yeah, you know, I don't think I, I wasn't one of those that kind of got Ridge Racer, played it, you know, for thirty hours, and then put it down again. I was playing. You know, I remember playing Ridge Racer pretty much for the duration I had the the PS1. So I just wondered yeah. whether I thought, well, I'm quite happy with my Ridge Race and I don't yeah. really need more of the same. For me, obviously, I was older, I was earning money and whatever. For me, it was just like, more Ridge Racer, yeah, please. Give it yeah. to me. Yeah. Day one. Absolutely. I have played it recently, though, for the show. And I, th- yeah, I mean, it's Ridge Racer, isn't it? I mean, it plays just as it well. It is. It's very, it's, each game seems to just slightly refine the, the drifter mechanics. So if you mm-hmm. go from. If you go from Ridge Racer to Revolution, it, I th- feel like it takes you know it might take a few sessions just to just to kind of hone, just to tweak your your kind of drifting technique. But yeah, you know, once once you get it down, it's as much fun as the original. Having another couple of courses are yeah fine, uh, even if they're not quite as good as the original. Yes, I mean it's it's good. It's more of the same basically. Uh, Alex79 <laughs> will definitely reflect the views of some listening to this. 
who uh, posted on our forum, there are a handful of arcade races I've enjoyed over the years, but Ridge Racer is just about as arcade as you can get. I always found the game felt more like controlling a rectangle or a bar of soap drifting <laughs> yeah. around corners than driving a car. I mean, fair comment, I yeah. think, is whether you enjoy that or not. Because, yes, you don't come to Ridge Racer for a, a Gran Turismo or what's that? What's that modern one that's like the super simulation game? Uh, you see the the real kind of car nerds. It's called I don't know I Drive or something. Some something very very technical and serious simulation, which has obviously got a massive audience. Um, this is the other end of the spectrum from that. It's designed to convey the the feeling of some kind of fictional, yeah, fantasy race. Not not. Uh, to evoke what it's like to drive a car i've you know i've never done that so not not for more than a few seconds it wasn't like ridge racer i can tell you <laughs> True. next release in the series was rage racer again dropping the the ridge game they'd uh, kept the racer and this arrived in december 96 in japan may 97 and june 97 in, in north america and europe respectively uh, reviews averaged around 83% for this one, but it was more, they were all more c close to each other than with Revolution. They were all within kind of seven to nine yeah. territory, ending up at uh, at a strong eight. Again, it was another day one purchase for me. I remember the day I bought it. It was also the same day that ISS Pro came out. Mm. Oh. Um, <laughs> Good day. The first one um, with its crazy, uh, crazy kicking noises. Sounded like... Um, someone slamming a car door um but yeah i love that game and uh yeah so i think the fact that that came out on the same day as this actually meant that i probably didn't play this as intensely as i would have done otherwise but i did play it quite a bit uh so yeah this one did go for a slightly more gritty urban aesthetic yeah. it also introduced the uh the mascot girl reiko nagase um more tracks uh, more customization uh, kind of encouraged manual gears really strongly for the first time, which is also something that I can't cope with because I'm a small child. <laughs> as, uh, was then, still am. Um, but I love some of the tunes to this. Some, some, yeah, quite kind of deep, gritty music to accompany the slightly greyer and uh, aesthetic, which was also in the set in this kind of pseudo fictional Europe, European setting. Basically, I thought it was a really cool package. Um, I think it was a bit tougher to beat than some of the previous games. I never really mastered this one in the way that I did the, the prior games. But um, again, in my dream compilation, this is on there. <laughs> yeah. Any Rage Racer experience among you? I loved Rage Racer. I it was yeah, um, yeah it. I it was that moment I I really clicked with like I love Rage Racer, of course. Yeah, and, but I. I I always found it relatively difficult, but I very much enjoyed it. But Rage Racer, and I think maybe aesthetically it's really odd because when you compare it against what Ridge Racer was, suddenly going to Rage Racer, it was quite grey. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Its colour palette was oddly muted. Muted at the top for the. Yeah. I wouldn't even say for the time, but you, I, I'm trying to think like you know, there's other. I'm now like a 17 year old lad, um, and I think it probably hit more of my sensibilities at the time. And and I know like. Uh, Grand Turismo was it out yet but like no there was rumors that I remember really enjoying Destruction Derby at the time as well which was kind of just more carnage than anything and I 
although very different game, I I quite like the idea of the aesthetic of what Rage Racer was was going for. But one of the reasons I think I really got onto it is because the courses weren't just really flat. There were some really like quite high peaks and hills and troughs that you'd go around. Yeah, um, there were hills in the prior games, were. but they were more exaggerated. Yeah, they were yeah, absolutely sure. exaggerated. But there was, there was. I remember there was areas where you had to kind of go down a hill at a really high speed into a corner and mm. took you up the hill at sideways speed. And the sense of speed in mm. this game, for me, was like at that time felt unparalleled. It was really, it felt really, really fast. Um, there was probably a lot of trickery going on about just the screen kind of. <laughs> Of the environment yeah a bit of screen shape yeah, or whatever not yeah going on, it's, hard, but it, it's hard to know it felt mm. more gritty but it's funny i look back at it now and it it feels like it was probably trying too hard to get to get away from its base roots and it was something that they would probably or they they did go on to kind of jettison away from this more kind of realistic racer and get a bit more back to the roots but i i definitely for me it was one of the ones that i spent a lot of time trying to master um, and getting really good at it, um, like putting a lot of time into nice. to getting good at it. And both aesthetically uh, and uh, the soundtrack, I think probably just hit me at the right time as a kind of 17 year old that it, it made a bit more sense. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. And I still it, it, it ranks in my, yeah, my top my top five of uh, Ridge Racer games for sure. Just to uh, just to rain on our. Our European parade here, of course, all of the PAL <laughs> versions of these were compromised. Thank you, Leon. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I was, ta- we were talking about 30 frames a second. Of course, they were yeah. 25 frames a second in <laughs> yeah. PAL territories with a border. And yeah, um, the games are. If you if you revisit the games now on emulation or whatever, you'll think, oh, this is faster than I remember. <laughs> if you grew up with the PAL games, because um, yeah, it's like I, th- I think you find because it is. I think you find that border made it more aesthetically faster. Uh, in Ridge <laughs> the yeah. framing of it was yeah. no, but sure. How about you, Chris? So I, didn't, yeah. I I didn't like this one back in the day. Oh, and no, I know, and I I really I found I it I really difficult. People didn't no, there, there, there was yeah. there was definitely that argument of like, is this the right direction for for what Ridge Racer mm. was? And I remember that being a, a proper you know magazines talking about you know do you like, like the new style. Namco felt it's like Namco felt they'd gone as far as they possibly could with you know bright bright yeah colors and they and they went where do we go from here dial it right down jean fred from our patreon says rage racer was one of the first games we had on the original playstation i was probably 10 at the time and i strongly remember the verticality of the course the slope early on leading to a tunnel with a waterfall on the left side (laughs) the distinct change in sound when getting in and out of the tunnels the lights work all this made quite the impression when all I knew about racers was Mario Kart and Street Racer on the SNES. Funny how the Rage Racer course is some mashup of postcard Europe, southern Germany, village houses, Mediterranean harbour, Greek-style ruins and an Arc de Triomphe. Years later, we picked up Ridge Racer Type 4 and it has the distinction to be the first game and one of the few to this day where I whipped out a spreadsheet to figure out which position I needed to finish each race of the pre to get all the cars. While all the text in Rage was in English, Type 4 was translated in French so I could uh, enjoy the storylines to their full extent. I mostly vaguely remember some romance subplot of the easy mode. I always played Ridge Racer in first person and never really got into third person. It didn't have the same feeling of speed and I could never quite get the timing for drifting, which I had nailed in first person. While I did dip my toes in the likes of Gran Turismo and Colin McRae during my PS1 years, it's the arcade racers like Need for Speed and indeed Ridge Racer that have left the fondest memories. 
not failing a license or spinning my car in the scenery, but happily drifting along this improbable city, stylish lights in the eyes and a catchy tune in the ears. Three laps to go. Yeah, I didn't even think to discuss the the two view options, even though I mentioned Sega's thing about it, because does anyone play this outside the car? <laughs> I mean, uh, it, I've always found it utterly like it never like some games, especially, you know, in the modern era where they've kind of worked out what clues and cues the player needs to interpret the movement i can go on forza horizon i can just slip in and out of yeah. bonnet cam in car outside car and it feels the same in in ridge it was like outside of car felt like somebody else was playing a game that wasn't very good whereas inside the car which is kind of hanging off the front of the registration plate yeah it was absolutely perfect much more speed much more clarity so i never used the external cam anyone what about you, Tony? So by using the internal, certainly in the early years of the, certainly the PlayStation versions, the internal one was how you got good at these games because you could, it was way easier to drift around corners because you could anticipate how that was going to happen. If you play outside, as the correspondent already said, you, you, I couldn't help but just always clip walls like that, that imaginary yeah. um, wall line, you know, right where the curb is. <laughs> You just, I don't know what the the, the collision yeah, yeah. detection was, was always off. Oh, it's... Rage yeah, was one of those ones where, brutal. because the cars, and this sounds so silly now, but because the cars felt more licensed, I quite often would mess around with the outside view because it felt like it was going, it felt a bit more kind of grounded in, in reality. Well, this is where they did, they they actually brought in fictional manufacturers mm-hmm. rather yeah. than just fictional car types like, here. So it is all still fiction, but there's a, there's a sort of sense yeah. of, um, do they actually ape real they life yes. cars? So like a super gun, it looks like yeah. a super, but it doesn't have a super badge on like it. You know, gotcha. they, they go down there. Yeah. So it, there was time certainly with rage that I, I did use that because I was kind of just, Hey, look, I'm driving a real car. But uh, yeah, I think overall the, you, you tend to lose the speed. Um, certainly in the PlayStation versions, being on the outside view versus the inside view. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I could swear it ha- actually plays differently. It does. Yeah. Well, you you stop becoming that. And uh, this this was, I'm not even say just PlayStation, but this is a lot of racing games at that time about the whole stick in the middle of the car and the car essentially just being one point on the ground and then you know the the base yeah. of the car spinning around a bit. It was a it was it wasn't just this. It was. You know, if I think Colin McRae Rally, Toka Racing Series, um, a lot of those games around that time, you know, Gran Turismo. So many options franchise what is it this Yeah, absolutely. Well? So, just... But they all they all had that weird single pivot point um, feeling. <laughs> and so right. a, lot of the, a lot of the time I just play internal. Toka was actually a different one because I loved just the, the, the viciousness of that, that game at the time. Uh, Pocket Racer was the next release, which was a Japan-only release starring Choro Q-style super-deformed cars, which was actually, uh, they're, they're bu- they look like buggies. Um, you could actually activate such a mode in Ridge Racer Revolution, um, which was known as Pretty Racer or Buggy Mode. Um, yeah, this is just an upright arcade machine, Japan-only. Probably pretty rare, I would think, but fundamentally plays the same as Ridge Racer. Why? money what, what? <laughs> but they could have made something new strange japanese arcades in the 90s strange yeah. andrew elmore from our forum with a lengthy but passionate post so let's hear from our friend andrew 
Having been born in the same year as Ridge Racer's arcade debut, one of my earliest memories is of seeing the PlayStation port running at my cousin's house. The vibrant colours, energetic music and blistering speed certainly captured the attention of my stimulus-craving toddler brain. But there was something else captivating me that I didn't have the words for at the time, of course. Ridge Racer has a phenomenal sense of place that has always been deeply compelling to me. I want to stay at that hotel on the beach and watch the sun sink Mm. into the sea. I want to grab dinner at Italian Tomato and watch the high-powered racing machines fly by the windows and disappear into the tunnel at the end of the road. I want to take a walk along the ridges with a camera and take pictures of that suspension bridge. I want to sit on the side of the road and play Gallagher on that giant screen hanging on the building in front of the starting line. I love Seaside Route 765's little intricacies, from the Shotoku highway section to the mysterious cars heading the opposite direction in that first tunnel. To this day, a part of me wonders where they're going every time I drive a Mm. version of that track. I love the way the track has been remade and reinterpreted over and over through the years. But that's a Ridge Racer hallmark, isn't it? Content repeated, remixed and recontextualised with each new release. I see how people that aren't already fans of the series would see that as a severe issue, but for me it only contributes to the very specific identity of the series. To speak of gameplay, there are a few different eras of Ridge Racer. The first few games can be a bit difficult to get used to, as their feel is unique. The PS1 games in particular are very thoughtfully built around the D-pad. The longer you hold down a direction, the sharper the steering angle becomes. Drifting involves slipping your car's rear end out sideways and letting it get pulled around an invisible rail of sorts, then letting go of the wheel completely and holding the accelerator and watching the car magically get pulled back into place. (laughs) If you time it incorrectly, you stand to lose a lot of speed, but if you let the car pull itself back into place, you'll keep zooming at hilariously unrealistic (laughs) speeds. I love it so much. Because of that invisible rail, you can spin your car the opposite direction and do impossible 360 flat spins while drifting. It's as exhilarating as it is gleefully stupid. I need to address the elephant in the room that is R4, Ridge Racer Type 4. The game is a towering presence of form and function, arguably the singular magnum opus of the arcade racing genre. R4 is a beautiful expression of class and speed. It takes all the pomp and circumstance of the gratuitous amounts of money inherent to motorsports and creates a dreamlike exaggeration of that atmosphere that's baked in perpetual sunrises and sunsets, scored by some of the most extravagant acid jazz ever crafted. R4 is an intricate study in art direction and aesthetic development. As a visual designer for video games, I can't help but stand in awe of the menus and UI, the way they so elegantly hold together the game's entire mood. This is the kind of Ridge Racer game where the cars have Akira-style red light trails as they fly sideways around hairpin corners, up and down mountains or along the waterfronts of a commercial port or across the cobbled streets of a cartoonish approximation of a vaguely European city of indeterminable age. Namco made the conscious choice to manually overhaul the way the game controls and its kinesthetics are staggering. The drifting mechanics are much more intuitive. They flow in and out. They're built entirely around feel instead of mechanical execution. Car is an extension of your hands, especially in the first-person bumper cam view. The game was also developed for the Jogicon. (laughs) Jogicon. Something like that. A controller with a big thumb wheel in the centre that's equipped with a powerful force feedback. It's a strange way to experience the game as it allows you to feel the resistance of the road and the G-forces of your car in your hands. 
It's a fascinating way to remove layers of digital abstraction and put your physical body more directly in conversation with the whole experience. Namco's Nejikon also works for R4 as it does for every PS1 and PS2 game in the series. Although in my opinion, the amount of direct control it gives you makes the game far too easy. And it's already arguably the easiest Ridge Racer game. I was so enamoured with R4 that I found myself overrun by inspiration and spent my 2018 crafting an audible love letter to the game with an album I released in December of that year called Real Racing Roots 2019. It's 17 tracks of music inspired by R4 because I wanted there to be more music out there that sounded like R4's soundtrack. The soundtrack was so good that I found myself incapable of ignoring the urge to make more music in that vein. Thankfully, the record found something of an audience and I was able to digitally meet some of the kind folks from Namco's sound team and have some conversations where I was able to directly thank them for the massive impact their work had on me as an artist, as a game developer and as a person. To briefly touch on some other series highlights, I love Rage Rage Racer's grungy aesthetics and dedication to huge waterfalls and delightfully impractical hill climbs. It's the only Ridge Racer game I prefer to play in manual, the way I normally prefer to play almost every racing game. I love Revolution's commitment to being even more colourful and sunset-obsessed than the first game. It feels like a spiritual successor to Outrun to some degree. I love the way all of Ridge Racer 5's courses overlay on top of each other to form a whole city, and for being the very first PS2 game to go gold. It's a magnificent display of the system's power. The lack of anti-aliasing that was a complaint in reviews at the time has helped it to age with remarkable grace. It scales very well to modern displays now with razor-sharp pixels. I love that the PSP games are are a beautiful love letter to the entire series, even if the nitrous boost mechanic kind of threw the rest of the series out of whack for the foreseeable future. I love that Ridge Racer 7 is just a director's cut of sorts for Ridge Racer 6, but runs at a gorgeous 1080p 60fps, on the PS3, a rare treat for the hardware. It's also still got a few folks playing online at any given moment, which is fun, even if they're all much better than me, of course. Great post, Andrew. Brilliant. Thank you, who I believe works at uh, Bungie. I don't think you'll mind us saying. Uh, always great to hear from devs, but um, but the passion about the game, the game series is, is the thing. And that does indeed bring us to R4 Ridge Racer Type 4. December 98 in Japan, out everywhere by May 1999. It was produced by Shigeru Yokoyama, who uh, cut his teeth on Splatterhouse, Namco's horror-themed arcade-scrolling brawler slasher. Yeah, R4. So it seems to be the most beloved game in the series. Um, Tony, obviously you've already talked fondly of, of Rage. Um, did that mean that you were you were rushing to pick up r4 do you have similarly excitable tales of it so i think my my history this is somewhat more complex because there were so many other uh, racing games out at the same time as r4 now um and i don't think i put anywhere near the amount of time that would have been needed to to see it through to completion i remember owning it i remember liking it but i don't remember putting the same amount of time i did with uh rage Mm. racer but actually, go, kind of going back to it now in a modern setting, you know, I can I can see why so many people like R four because I do think it, it was probably the the apex of that PlayStation One game library. 
um, of Ridge Games, and it kind of com- you know the combination of everything that made that series good in just into one package. Although I never got to to mess around with the controller, which hmm. I'd seem about, but you know, <laughs> odd. There was a point when they were selling them off really odd cheap. Odd shape yeah, control, like the... controllers like that, were ten to a dozen. It feels like around that that time, like they were just you know, everyone was trying a new technique. You know, there wasn't one standard. Yeah. I think. You still see them around in the the few game shops that are left standing. Uh, And I'm sure I remember post PS2 coming out, people selling these off at like $4.99 for the game, game and the the controller together. But no, I never picked one. I'd like that. I really like that Retro Revival last year. They're they're still around. They're not that expensive even now. No, no. I think they made quite a lot of them. Carl was into about he he used it and loved it. I think he's got one. Yeah, Yeah, Carl's got one, yeah. Yeah, and a few, uh, not many, but a, a select few other games supported the the force feedback on it. I think. Um, yeah, Chris, where are you on R four? Oh, where am I <laughs> on? Oh dear me! Right, so so I got this. I so this came out in 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 Europe in nineteen ninety nine. I think May nineteen ninety nine. We've got so that April would so that was about right. So I turned eighteen in in August nineteen ninety nine. And I was I was given this as a gift by my girlfriend's parents at the time. My girlfriend at the time uh, must have been doing all right. I was doing all right. They they like me. She didn't really, but um, <laughs> parents love me. Yeah, that's a different Bit story there. for a different podcast. <laughs> it's hard to get everyone inside. Eh? I know. Well, you know, I thought you had to go for the parents. But but yeah, back to the game. I I really really like this. I played. So this was the first game that I'd really since the original Ridge. This was the first Ridge Racer that I'd really, really got into, and I played it a lot. I think I completed all of the various manufacturers' campaigns, and but it was only going back to it earlier this year for the show. There is magic at work, in my opinion, with this game. There is something about the way it feels. And I booted it up probably for the first time in 20 years, maybe, uh, in May or June this year. And there's something about the menu, even. Like, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. You, I mean, you guys know what it's like. You know, we're all, we're, we're all massive game fans. I'm sure everybody listening to this is the same. There is something about a very select number of games that when it grabs you, and you feel like your senses tingle. It does. It literally feels like there is magic going yeah. on. And it becomes difficult to explain why you feel that way. There is something about this game's art design, this overall aesthetic with the way it looks and it sounds, that just transports me like Super Mario Galaxy does, like Final Fantasy VII does, and like Disco Elysium does to a completely different mm. place where yeah. when I'm playing it, I think of nothing else. I am completely consumed and immersed by what is going on on the screen. Yeah, and I completely agree with Andrew Elmore. Compared to the other Ridge games, I think before and after, I would it, it is relatively, uh, well, easier than them. But I, I see it almost like a racing visual novel at times. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you, once mm. you get back into it and... The game doesn't be, never becomes trivial, but once you get once you kind of get you get good again, you can get through the manufacturers, and then it becomes the but the one thing I don't like about it is the bit of a grind then because you have to finish the variety of different 
positions you have to finish to unlock the car yeah, starts I, to feel. I it. absolutely hated that. Yeah, absolutely hated a it. bit grindy, <laughs> but racing down those tracks with that music, with that, as he said, that perpetual sunset. It is unlike anything that I've experienced before or since in, in a racing game. It's it it is my favorite racing game. It's probably my favorite PS One game, uh, and and it, I I love a fair reawoke within me when I fired it up when I when I fired it up again earlier this year and. It's a game that I, I, of all the games we've played for this show, that is the one that I just keep going back to and just keep falling in love with all over again. Um, I, I really, yeah, I just, I just, I've always felt a bit contrary about this game. Um, it's possibly my least favourite, which race. <laughs> um, certainly of the PS1 era. And it's not that I think it's bad or it doesn't look good. Obviously, it was, you know, it was technically impressive. I played it for hours and hours and hours. But I did, the grind just did it for me. Mm-hmm. The combination of the grind and the fact that I, as much as the aesthetic was cool and, you know, the intro wowed again and the music was pleasant, for me, it dropped a lot of the personality that its predecessors had. And I know that's kind of, you know, and this proves how subjective this stuff is because for so many people, this is the one with all the personality. But for me, I, I really missed um, the, the the arcade rave vibes of the first few games in the series and so it always felt to me i i felt this was a bit bland and and the thing of having to finish in third second and first on different yeah, races so to unlock different cars was just i just yeah just great it literally ground me down um i've been back to it recently on the ps5 and yeah for me I'd, I, it's it's I'm, I'm glad it's there um but I, yeah if anything i i feel like there's a it's basically it's running under emulation with mild enhancements, you know, huge resolution upgrade and that sort of thing. Um, but it does make me realise that actually to release that kind of dream compilation that we've been fantasising about, they could possibly need to do with a bit uh, to do a bit more work. There's a lot of um, glitchy polygons and pop in yeah. and all that stuff that becomes very apparent when you play it on an, uh, in 2023 on a modern system on a modern screen. So. Um, but yes, don't listen to me. Basically, um, I seem to be in a very small minority of people who don't adore this one as as like a high point. It is a quite weird one because it does have that kind of. It's really that Eastern E5 with the with this kind of storyline that runs through it. The, that kind of head coach. Yeah, I just found that so I, boring. But it's, <laughs> see, that's uh, that's what does it for yeah. me. That and I, and I think so that was, um, I remember at the time feeling like this is really like really strange. Like this feels very much like something from like pure Japanese at that time for me. It, yeah. And it's funny because I'm still thinking then I was playing Gran Turismo. There was a, there was a lot of games that made it more about the technical aspects of kind of the visuals and the driving more so than and it just felt felt really odd. I just. That was my main thing back back then. Just felt really odd having that structure. But I look back at it now and think, actually, that was kind of cool. Like it, it had that. I remember his, him as a boss was he was always quite critical of, of whenever you came like second. He was like just yeah, almost berating you for for your performance. And you're like, it was Ridge Race. It was particularly annoying when you were deliberately coming third <laughs> and second to unlock cars. But um, <laughs> you know, as a package, it, it had a ton of ton of tracks, ton of cars. It had that whole storyline. I I know people that spent literally hundreds of hours playing that game to unlock yeah, yeah. 
you know the smallest of details um but a bit like you i don't know it just it wasn't one that that clicked and i, I wonder whether that was just a time and place uh, because as you, time has told us yeah. that um it's the one that a lot of people absolutely adore so absolutely uh robin enrico from our patreon is also somebody who uh didn't get on with the bar of soap <laughs> controls in the earlier games. Uh, the drifting mechanics have always felt completely alien to me in the first three entries on the PS1. R4's greatest trick is not what everyone points to in the music and vibes, as stunning as they are, but more that it offers a Sega-style take on corners in the grip mode. I would say that is the pinnacle of the series, but some recent playtime on Ridge 6 has shown me that the series can make ludicrously slingshotting around a corner work when the camera angle is correctly placed to let you keep your eyes on where your car is going, not where it's facing. They finally got it right in an entry that feels glanced over because of the era it came out in. A minor miracle then that Ridge Racer 6 is backwards compatible on the Xbox One and Series X. More on 6 in a bit. Um, but yes, as I say, my, my my thing was actually, I actually prefer the thing where you're staring at the wall. <laughs> it's kind of flying past you at ludicrous <laughs> speeds. Um, but yes, perverted, I guess. Um, yeah, and I think that's the other thing that I like less about 4 was that the, the handling model felt a little bit more, not realistic, far from it, but not quite as... yeah mad yeah. as the predecessors and i was very i was very attached to that ludicrous uh drifting probably if i'd come to r4 first i would have fallen in love with it and if i then tried to play ridge one or revolution i'd have been like what the hell is this so context is king yeah i mean it's far from realistic but yeah gone gone are the crazy 360 drifts and slingshotting yeah. everywhere you need to use the brake in r4 <laughs> So next up was Ridge Racer 64. Uh, this was actually, this was sort of notable at the time because Ridge Racer had been so strongly associated with the PlayStation. This was an appearance elsewhere. It was coded uh, by a Nintendo team, Nintendo Software Technology, the American studio responsible for the likes of uh, Wave Race Blue Storm, 1080 Avalanche, White Storm. Uh, came out in 2000. Uh, in North America and the EU, didn't even bother releasing it in Japan, as far as I'm aware. And then it was uh, repurposed for the DS in, four years later, uh, which used touchscreen controls and uh, wireless multiplayer. I never played this one, um, but I know you've had a at least a poke at it, Chris. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not. No. A, I'm not a fan. Only recently have I had a, a dabble with it, I, and I wasn't even going to, but I, I've. The N64 is set up for something else. So I thought, oh, rogues. Uh, so I thought oh, yeah. I'd I'd give it a go on the on the EverDrive. It just feels weird. It just feels weird. The it, handling's off. Yeah, I remember people you know, it, saying that. It kind of looks like Ridge Racer in that they've gone back to the, you know, it's the Ridge Racer aesthetic. It's bright mm -hmm. and it's bold and it kind of looks all right in a chunky N64, N64. kind of way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it just, you know, it's it's like... Sometimes it's hard to put your finger on what makes a game feel really good. And, and really, the, if you're ever feeling like that, the way to do it is to go and play something which isn't as good. And then you think, so that's why the original mm. Ridge Racer feels yeah. so good. Yeah, I mean, me. this was obviously ported across by not a Namco team, a, a Nintendo team in America. And I guess they just didn't nail the, the feel 
Um, it reviewed okay at the time. The N64 version has a Metacritic of 82 um, with some 90% scores here and there. But, you know, you could su suggest that maybe that was the excitement of getting this big kind of PS-associated name on the on the N64. It did include 20 tracks, which was um, a step up from certainly some of the earlier games in the in the PS1 series and not bad for a cartridge game, I guess, either. it could They could have easily gone down the route of having a smaller cartridge and including just like three or four tracks or something. But yeah, if you don't enjoy the basic gameplay, then what are you going to do? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be on my Halo compilation, <laughs> Leon. Sure, sure. No. Um, the DS version, yeah, reviewed considerably less well just, uh, just four years later with a Metacritic of uh, 63. Next up then, probably more exciting to many, was PS2 launch title, Ridge Racer 5, releasing in March 2000 in Japan, November 2000 in Europe, and October in North America. This actually came to the arcades in Japan in November 2000 as well. Um, I guess the aesthetic here, obviously we've, they continued with Reiko Nagase. Um, it always looked a bit more uh, rage-ish to me than maybe it was just the red car on the cover, but it still seemed slightly toned down from the early games in the in the series. But it also didn't necessarily continue with the R4 vibes. The main reason that I never really spent any time with this one is because it was uh it was a rubbish pal version yeah and i w i was now at the point by 2000 2001 when i got a ps2 that if it wasn't properly optimized or had a 60 hertz option i was basically going to ignore it um and i think by the time i got around to getting a modded ps2 i yeah i guess i'd lost interest and we were already looking forward to the next entries in the series so any ridge 5 memories I never played it for whatever that reason. It feels like, you know, this may have been my jumping off point of the main line of the series for a little while, but mm. yeah, it, I don't know. I guess I'd moved on to other stuff. It just, it never piqued my interest on the PlayStation 2, which I think my slightly tepid response to R4 had made me less excited about the series than I had been. I do remember seeing this running in shops on new PS2s and thinking, ooh, high def or, you know, higher resolution Ridge Racer. Um, reviews wise not stellar I think that's part of the, the issue though I never got fully hyped for it it has a Metacritic of 78 so I picked yeah. it up yeah I picked it yeah. up at launch I got a I got a PS2 on, on launch day it was one of the I'm sure it had a high attach rate for early PS2 adopters well there weren't I mean if you remember there weren't that many games around were there at the launch no. of the PS2 I think I got that and SSX and uh, yeah it, I I <laughs> I was so I was quite excited for it. You know, it was it was a shiny new console. I'd absolutely loved R four. I even crashed my car going to pick it up. It, I was that excited. <laughs> and um, it, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I like the game. I, I liked it back in the day. Although I didn't spend anywhere near as much time as I did with with R four with it. Mm. Uh, we going back to it now. I still like it, but it just. Whether I feel like I'm expecting it to be something different or I want it to be something different and I'm not really judging it on its own merits, I don't know. Like, I find myself playing it 
and enjoying it and I've been you know kind of spent a little bit of a decent amount of time with it I would say over the past few weeks yeah I then fire up R4 and think ah I'm back so I don't know I think it maybe it's one of those where it's it's not the game it's me yeah I mean I, I don't I, yeah I think it I don't know. I, yeah, I don't really know what its reputation is. It sounds like maybe it's actually looking at some online stuff, you know, list of Ridge Racer games. It's maybe had a reappraisal in recent times um, to to a point where it's perhaps better thought of now than it was then, which does happen from time to time. It's really difficult think... to fault. You know, it's one of those games which if you play sure. it, if like it's really, really good, you know, and yeah. aesthetically it's good and the music again is excellent and... It feels like it builds on the 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 the, the flow of the R four gameplay, and it may, maybe right, improves right. upon it. Yeah, but I don't know. It just lacks for me. It just lacks that kind of X factor, that, mm. that magic that R four had. It. Yeah, it's still probably you know if you if you said to me right, you know this is the only arcade racing game you're going to play for the rest of your life, I'd probably be pretty happy about right it. With that. <laughs> Nice. But it's, yeah, this one should absolutely be on the compilation that we've talked about. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how could it not be? Um and I suppose from a from my perspective now, I'd be more likely to play, especially as somebody who doesn't have a CRT to hand. I do have a PS2, but I'd just sort of think, well, I'll probably just play if I want to play a Ridge Racer, I'll probably just play seven. Yeah. Um because it feels like it maybe in some ways kind of renders this one a bit less relevant, but that could be my ignorance talking for sure. Next up was a game which I'm, ne- I'm never really certain whether it was officially considered a Ridge Racer game, but it's certainly a spin-off. Art Racing Evolution. Uh, it's unusual in that it was um, featured uh, real licensed cars, right? Um, but I never, I never bought it for the simple reason that it reviewed really tepidly. Uh, Metacritic of sixty six or sixty seven. This was for GameCube, PS two, and Xbox. The only reason that I was interested in buying it was for the inclusion of Nintendo Namco and Nintendo's team up Pac Man versus uh, one of the funnest party games you can play. But I ended up getting that in a double pack with the player's choice version of Pac Man World two. Um, so I didn't even need to buy our racing evolution for that. Anyway, this was November 2003 to April 2004 release. Have either of you played it? I'm sorry, I haven't. I have not. Very briefly. No. Briefly. Yeah, Tony, no, have you, you were about it. to no. jump in? Have you no. played it? Uh, yeah. Any thoughts, Chris? Very briefly on the GameCube. Yeah, I think it tries to do something interesting. There's a, like a story kind of career mode, isn't there? Um which right. I think, if I'm remembering rightly, it starts off in this almost like a, um, you know, like an olden days kind of style. I played the first couple of races, I won both of them, and uh, turned it off. It didn't. It didn't offend me. I don't think it was terrible. It just wasn't. Wasn't anything really. Wasn't great. I, I wasn't even sure whether we'd cover it as part of the series. Barely, as you've heard, listener. <laughs> uh, well, the next game was a handheld for the first time. Ridge Racer, or Ridge Racers, in, to give it its original title, is not just a port of the original game at all. It's a kind of mega mashup of a lot of tracks and cars and music from the games in the series up to now with an all-new graphics engine. I bought this 
on launch day on a UMD with my brand new PSP. And I thought it was absolutely superb. And really, uh, annoyingly, this was the one they released on digital stores. So I later ended up with a with a downloadable copy of it. But it was one of those mystifying situations, as with Fable and Fable The Lost Chapters, where they digitally re-released the wrong one. Because Ridge Racers 2, which is now thankfully available on PS4 and 5, is the exact same game as this, but with more content. Um, and essentially Ridge Racers 2 renders Ridge Racers 1 utterly redundant. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased that they saw the light when it came to the PS4, PS5 release. Um, but, yeah, I, I play this quite happily, blown up to 50 inches on my, my home screen on a PS5 um, with the resolution boost. The UI is quite large for a, for a TV game because it was designed for a PSP screen. But yeah, this kind of blew me away in 2005, and I still think it's a tip-top Ridge Racer experience in 2023. How do they... Do they fit... Do they do anything to the graphics? I've not... So I I didn't play this back in the day, nor have I played it now. How do they... Ah. Do they upscale the graphics for for the PS5? Yeah, so everything... I think all the... Yeah, I think the PS4 5 versions are all upscaled to an extent. Um, but this game looked absolutely like, the, to me, on the PSP in 2005, this was yeah, as incredible. kind of high-tech and flash a release as the original Ridge Racer was on PS1 10 years earlier. Um, yeah, I can't recommend this one enough. If you haven't played this, as I say, it's um, it's included in the PS Plus subscription on the PS Plus Classics, or again, I assume you can buy it as a standalone if you're not subscribed um yeah the only downside that i think i think really is that the ui is designed for a handheld and as such takes up quite a lot of space on the screen but um as far as i'm concerned uh, outside of busting out the ps3 and firing up ridge racer 7 playing ridge racer 2 or ridge racers 2 on your ps4 or 5 is is about as good a ridge racer experience as you can have in 2023 yeah i'm Oh, but I've seen. So, I I haven't. I didn't play it at the time, but I've I've watched a few videos on it, and it it's surprisingly technically very very good for a PSP game. It's it's you know color palette's really quite good. It's it's fast as well, very fast, uh, smooth. Yeah, smooth. it doesn't have that uh, jitteriness of the PlayStation. Certainly, the earlier PlayStation One games. It feels like no. Although it's not maybe our four kind of levels of um, production design around it. It feels like closer to no. that for like pure just ridge racer original kind of ridge racer fun um i think if you run r4 and this next to each other on ps4 or 5 i from from my money the the psp one looks like infinitely better mm. than the than r4 the ps1 game way less messy way less choppy way less blocking uh popping you know powerful yeah. little machine then Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean and it's when you it's when the way you describe that and you know you see videos of, of it running on a PSP, you think what a missed opportunity <laughs> Sony had with that console. And just imagine yeah. what they could have done with it. But yes, as I say, thankfully of the the few ridge racers that you can still play now, uh, that's one of them. Uh, or the sequel is anyway, which was yeah, as I say, Ridge Racers two, basically Ridge Racers one plus. 
funny. Sometimes they add a two, sometimes they call it a DX, you know, you know the way it works. Alderic from our Patreon says, although a PlayStation fan since the beginning, strangely came only quite recently to this PlayStation flagship series. My introduction came through the two PSP Ridge Racer games, which I came to love immediately. They combine addictive gameplay with amazingly simple arcade racer mechanics with only the most bare bones controls possible. Accelerate and brake and nitrous. After becoming quite good with the PSP games, I tried to get into the old versions, but bounced off quite quickly and in a literal sense, as the car handling seems very different in the originals. All in all, the PSP Ridge Racers are games I would highly recommend. So we talked about the DS1, which was a port of the N64 one next came and i know tony will have played this one ridge racer 6 arrived in november 2005 in north america december in japan and january 2006 in the eu so not quite a 360 launch title but not long after i did play this one yes <laughs> i knew it let's say so for me and i this i feel like whatever i'm going to say here is what a lot of people will say about seven now just jump ahead i never played seven but i did play six um i ended up playing six because it was on the 360 and this was actually the the time i was really into achievements very early almost straight away Mm. i I loved the idea of what they were and i got into kind of competitions with my friends at the time to see who could get the most achievements in one particular game right so i've continued doing that for the (laughs) the rest of time so here we are over a million gamer score at the end of that journey but um i i was playing this game against a guy called shiny disco balls (laughs) god (laughs) yes classic Um, game attack he was he was a friend of mine and we had a competition who could beat all ridge racers achievements and little did i know at the time the ridge racer achievements were insanely difficult to do because there wasn't Things hadn't been set up really yet. It it basically yeah. meant to do everything in the game perfectly all at once, right? Um, completion Brilliant. time of over two hundred and fifty hours, you know. So in insanity, and I'm so I'm looking at there, and I I fell short of the full completion on this game, like t- by two achievements, which is really annoying looking back now. But I did get the one where basically it says basically finish all two hundred and thirty five races in first place. And then also complete 230 races online. So you barely so touched So that's this, the really. last achievement I'm going. And so for me, this was, I, I'd kind of just left Ridge Racer behind. I felt like it would, you know, I'd almost moved on from the series. There was other more interesting driving games that piqued my interest. And then I think that's probably why I didn't even go to the PlayStation 2 version. But but this, there was something about it. I think that competition helps, but it, it had that visual flair, I think, that a lot of people had with R4 for me. There was like this weird, I call honeycomb designed map where you'd have to um, do one race, which would take you to the next in like a, like a triangle. And then you'd, if you completed those two next to it, you'd unlock the, the item in the middle of that. And then this honeycomb design would spread out across 235 races. And essentially, every time you did sections of these, you'd unlock a new vehicle, um, which was I, I really love that collection aspect. But it was fast. It introduced a, a mechanic of nitrous in it. So you would stock up um, little speed boosts as you go around the track. And that become really, really 
That's where that 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 was from the PSP ah, okay. game. That's where oh, that started. Thank you, PSP game, because it was a it was very tactical on knowing when and where to to um, deploy that, and it looked in my mind's eye back on the 360, you know, incredible at the time. Um, yeah, I assume it's uh, like 720p yeah, or something, maybe now. But actually, the um, yeah. the the there's a backwards compatibility version, and um, which yeah, but. You can't, no, you can't buy it on yeah. the digital and store. Yes. You need a disc. Yeah, which, you know, is easy enough to come by, but it's yes, just which is really shrink. annoying. I don't yeah, I don't weird. have that original disc now, so um I had to resort to mm. kind of watching uh, some YouTube videos again on, on that. And it brought back a it did brought bring it all back, back. hundreds of hours. Uh, yeah. Uh, hundreds of hours of memories come flooding back and seeing what they've done on the back and back version, it looks really very good indeed. Um Is it a back and back plus? Yeah, I think it's running at high frame rates it? and all sorts of wonders um so yeah i, I know and as i said that that's a story for me because i i know a lot of people had that experience with r7 um because a lot of people played that yeah. at a point on the playstation and i know r6 is kind of one of those kind of like the forgotten child because r7 came out relatively quickly after yeah and it's very much and it is an upgraded uh, version um it yeah. is the same they, game, they, yeah. they've done their own kind of flirty so, but it, yeah, I really, really loved R6, and it, it brought me back into that. I think more about um, listening to Chris talk about that kind of R4 thing, where like he he just needed to do everything and see everything. And for me, that was mm-hmm. my experience with R6, and it's just you know I wanted to get everything unlocked in that game, and it it meant having nice. to learn both tracks and the, the drifting mechanics, and in inducing that into nitrous and drifting, and it was a really, really good time. You got really, yeah, and really I just good. loved it, loved like, it to bits. Really good. Um, did you buy the DLC music? Who knows? Probably not. <laughs> I fully intended to pick up discs yeah. of six and seven I think for the I show, now, but actually, ran out of time. It made me sadly. Smile. Yeah. So anyway, for me, I, I it brought back a huge amount of memories, and I loved that game. Six and seven, Chris. Any experience? Not back in the day. So I didn't have. Well, I did have an Xbox three hundred and sixty, uh, sort of soon after launch, but I didn't have a PS three until I got my first PS three in about twenty thirteen. Um, so this this generation of Ridge Racer did pass me by, and I I don't know why I didn't pick up six. But when when this came up on for the show and and I was on the panel, I thought right, I'm gonna tackle one of those because I knew about the similarities. So I picked up seven on the PS3, the disc, uh, very cheap, um, le- less than less than ten ten good old fashioned England English pounds, mm. and uh, so I played it for the first time about three weeks ago, and. It's really good, <laughs> isn't it? It is really, really good. It, it's, it's really playable, and it looks 1080p, obviously on the PS3, 60 frames a second. It kind of looks like a modern game. I mean, my, I was playing it with my son yeah. was next to me, and he's, he's a classic for anything now that's pre PS5. He says, oh, it looks blurry. <laughs> he says, yeah, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. All looks even PS4 games look really blurry. But actually, yeah. when when I was playing Ridge Seven, he was saying, oh. Is this on the PS5? I said, no, look what console switched on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah it, nice. it, it really looks good. And it sounds 1080p good. 60, the yeah. Digital Foundry keeps covering Ridge Racer 7 yeah. because it was an early PS3 game and it promised yes. that games were going to be 1080p 60 on PS3. We were hitting that wonderful sweet spot. watermark. But of course, then what happened is develop, developers much focused much more on mm. graphical kind of complexity and depth having to drop the frame rates and the and the pixel counts. But I think we could have done with a lot more games that 
kind of had didn't go quite so far down the route of uh, of that and and aimed for 1080p 60 and uh, yeah would have been nice eh but this one's still out there you can still find a disc fairly easily i think although i have poked around a few computer exchange stores and not found one no unfortunately so this was a launch but game for the ps3 right must have been yeah. or certainly very very launch close, window anyway but actually really other than one more game we're going to talk about I mean, that's the last numbered mm. game in the series and the last true, I would say, argue Ridge Racer sequel was either Ridge Racer 7 or Ridge Racer 2 on the PSP 2006, October 2006. So March 2007 for the uh, European release of Ridge Racer 7. As you will hear, there have been some other things, but um, yeah, I'll be interested to see if any of us have much experience with these. Had to cover off because uh, Namco do it, same as Konami, because Pachinko is massive in Japan, or Video Pachinko in particular. There have been two patchy slot Ridge Racer games in 2008 and 2009. So, I mean, that suggests that the name, the IP, the brand was still big enough to warrant a couple of patchy slots back then. Next came Ridge Racer Accelerated. We're entering the mobile arena. This was for iOS and later Android. Uh, 2009, um, I mean, I don't really do a huge amount of mobile gaming, certainly not for stuff like this. It appears to be an adapted, uh, an adaptation of the PSP games, uh, aesthetically and art-wise. Uh, but I haven't played it, and I don't think it's available anymore. No, and like all of these games, the mobile games, they're very, very difficult, even by nefarious means, to get them after the yeah. event. Yeah, yeah. And there are people out there who make emulators for this stuff and, you know, all power to them. But, yeah, it's not something I'm going to spend a huge amount of time fiddling around with, if I'm honest. There was a mobile game again called Ridge Racer Drift in October 2010. And this one was for things like BlackBerry, Java, <laughs> Windows Mobile. Um, yeah. Uh, and again, <laughs> I guess you can't get it. I guess you can't play it. But it existed. And therefore, we mention it. On a BlackBerry. <laughs> on a blackberry indeed uh the next one certainly counts as a as a ridge racer release different logo slightly different aesthetic uh was made by namco bandai themselves this was a launch game i think for 3ds february 2011 and then march the rest in japan and march the rest of the world reviews were okay 75 metacritic Edge 8 again, so they liked it as much as they liked R4. Can you believe it? Um, but again, for whatever reason, I was not... I played almost everything on the 3DS, but I didn't play this. Uh, anyone? I remember seeing it around no. because I, I, I remember thinking, oh, that's oh, yeah. actually quite yeah, yeah. A, a technical marvel that they've managed to pull that off. <laughs> but beyond that, I didn't. Yeah. And 3D seems like a mm. good fit for a racing game, I guess. No, I'm I'm intrigued by it though because uh, I was what on that excellent uh, digital foundry video, uh, I think where he talks about uh, I think I don't know whether it was history or the second decade of Ridge Racer or he's done a few John mm. Linnemans and they're all yes. really really good and in one they of are. them he talks about Ridge Racer 3D and I was intrigued watching that video, I thought I really must pick that up somewhere, uh, mm. I imagine it's you know reasonably cheap still out there for the 3D. I would think so, yeah. By a cart, cart somewhere because yes, the store is closed, so no digital. Um, maybe it wasn't even released digitally. I'm not sure. It was. We were still at the point where 
games that size may have been card only. Um, so yeah, apologies, listener, that none of us has caught up with that one. And if you were a massive fan of it, well, you should have told us, like Joey Jojo Jr. did on the forum, who says, a latecomer to the series, my first experience was with Ridge Racer 3D, which I got cheap in a 3DS bundle when the console launched. I had zero expectations for the game, but it ended up being one of my most played games on the system, helping me get through the 3DS's early dry spell, an underappreciated highlight of the launch lineup, in my opinion. Of those I've since played, Ridge Racer 7 is my absolute favourite. Something about that PS2 era art style rendered in 1080p 60fps on PS3 that I think still looks brilliant to this day. I was presently surprised booting it up the other day to see the online mode is still going and somewhat active. <laughs> I have to give a special mention to the PSP games also. I still can't believe a portable game from 2004 could look that good. Can only hope Namco return to the series in the near future. Fingers crossed for a revival for the next-gen Switch. That would be a good fit, I would concur. Interesting, that's two correspondents we've had say that they've had absolutely no problems getting online fun in Ridge Racer 7 yeah. on the PS3. Amazing stuff. Now, the next one I've never played simply because it reviewed so badly. <laughs> uh, this one you can still buy on the digital PSN store for Vita. Uh, if you want to, remember that Eurogamer gave it 3 out of 10. Um, Famitsu was slightly kinder with a 29 out of 40, but its Metacritic score overall is 44. So by far the worst reviewed Ridge Racer yet. It was developed by a team called Celius, a uh, short-lived Japanese game developer, only lived for five years, went bust shortly after this game came out. So I, I pretty much consider this, I mean, yes, okay, it is called Ridge Racer, but given everything i never felt any desire to play it and i don't really consider it a proper part of the series nope. no experience you afflicted <laughs> this no no okay i don't think we can uh, i don't think we can be blamed for that apologies for the lack of uh, thoroughness though listener uh next one i think we've all played to some degree or other bugbear entertainment were licensed or roped in by namco bandai these are the makers of the flat out games and now the wrecked games i mm. think that's them uh, which are more sort of uh crash and bash and smash and kind of races good fun but not ridge racer they made a game called ridge racer unbounded which i always found a really clunky title as well uh and this was on the the big three at the time pc ps3 and 360 in 2012 and is basically a burnout <laughs> clone, rather than rather than a ridge racer game drifting is a very very minor part of it um i did play it i rented it i played it for a reasonable while i didn't think it was a terrible game it was a completely middling game of the era in that genre and i thought why would i play this when i could just play burnout paradise or a ridge racer game that is actually a ridge racer game anyone care to fight me on this <laughs> yes i'm going to take you down so i call this the the awkward moment where i think namco clearly don't quite know what they want to do with the ridge racer series i think you know we talked about six and seven came out and then there's been a sputtering of games that have 
come out since. Mm. But you're talking what, six and seven. What were 2006, 2007? This was so, four five you know, years later. A yeah. good chunk of time. And this was the era when arcade racers were starting to struggle. Like good yeah. ones were coming out like Blur and Split Second and all that stuff, but they were mo- mostly yeah, commercially were. tanking, the, right? Yeah. The, I think the whole racing genre was in a, a state of flux. You know, did you want to be a serious racer? Did you want to be an arcade racer? And you know, if you look where we are now, yeah, that's still really the case. I feel like it's all over the place. But Ridge mm. Racer, I think, decided that you know, just as a pure arcade game, that they didn't have a space in the market anymore and they needed to, to change things up. And how they changed things up was essentially go, well, what? is the best arcade racing game in the market that people seem to be pushing towards and burnout was that answer that they came to so they made ridge racer burnout and that's exactly what you get it is that kind of ridge racer techno music style with the ability uh, i think it, that does it somewhat disservice because from a palette palette it was kind of like rage racer but also it had these bright tonal kind of reds and oranges going on where things were almost on fire. But equally, you could smash into other cars and they ragdoll all over and, and blow up. It did the splinter cell conviction thing where you'd have like you're in first place written down the side of the wall or like two seconds behind in big letters up in, in mm. the skybox environment um, or on top of a bridge as you go under. Mm. had loads of boosting and, and there was actually areas you could break through walls and get through through other areas at very much the time like yeah like split yeah that second. was quite fun no but it's not ridge racer split second was also doing like that was almost the two were going head to head at the same time i took a lot of enjoyment out of this game just because i think i was in the mood for a game like this at the time it's not a ridge racer game though it's just a pick off the shelf version of any kind of arcadey racing game that happened to be at that time but there was a lot for me there was a lot to like about this game um it was fast as well it felt you know pretty quick and i think overall they they achieved probably what they set out to do but you know as a legacy of a ridge racer game yeah you could pick it out of a lineup and spend a long time before you got to the conclusion it was ridge racer of any kind it just felt like burnout unbounded from a different developer yep yeah, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. This isn't it. I mean, I, I picked it up. Yeah. I picked it up on the Steam Deck, and uh, well, oh, I, picked okay. it, I picked it up on Steam, and I've been playing it on the Steam Deck. And actually, on the Steam Deck on high settings, actually it looks time. really yeah. pretty. Yeah, for a handheld game, because that's you know you're playing it on the Steam Deck. That's what it is. Mm. Then it looks really, really nice, and so that kind of carried it a little bit for me, just because I was keen to I, see what I the next track looked ironically, like. Ironically, like. If if it came out now, it'd probably do better because we, there's a dearth of these types of games available. Yeah, and actually, I think a lot of its ideas would have translated a bit like Split Second, like would have trans would translate to a modern era a lot better than what it was trying to do mm. then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. I found it really, I found it really difficult, really hard. Yeah, I remember it being challenging. Um, I think I'm trying to know. play it like a burnout game and I'm trying to drift around the corner. Uh, sorry, like a Ridge <laughs> Racer game and I'm trying to yeah. drift around the corners and uh, yeah, I'm absolutely terrible at it. But it's kind of all right, isn't it? I mean, back in the day, mm. I I took one look at this and thought, well, that's not my Ridge Racer. What's this? Yeah. Well, I, I sort of still feel like that. Like I, I, nothing against the developer. I think Bugbear, good team. Um, I suppose my, my issue is really with Namco yeah. Bandai in the, or Bandai Namco in that this is the one that they could they continue to sell. You can buy it on Steam for eight quid. You can buy it on 
PS3 for eight quid. You can weirdly buy it on Xbox, the 360 version, which is backwards compatible for the 12 or 13 quid. I don't know why that version is more expensive, but it has mixed reviews on Steam. It got a meta score of 72. Um, and yeah, it just, I just, I think it's, yeah, okay. Um, as I said, we can play the R4 and, and the PSP sequel on PS4 and PS5, but it just frustrates me that this game that isn't in any meaningful way a Ridge Racer game beyond its title is the one that you can easily get <laughs> yeah, hold of. So but, it, but it is a, a testament yeah. of where I think the, the franchise found itself in, which is like, are yeah. we relevant enough anymore? Or is the name relevant to a whole stream of new gamers, etc., etc.? Um I, I guess, you know, here we are in 2023 still asking that same question of like what happened to the series? And, it, you know, is, was that its big swan song when it wasn't even really a Ridge Racing game as such? So, odd. I suppose it'd be interesting to know what the numbers for these next two releases were. So we do have two more official Ridge Racer releases before today 2013 to 2014 ridge racer slipstream which is another ios android title generally favorably received better than unbounded unbounded with a 76 meta score um full of microtransactions i believe uh but it's again it's not by bandai namco it's by they've they've licensed the development out to a mobile specialist called invictus um, like who they've worked with on other things, um, and again, just for me, it's just not not my kind of not my scene. I don't really like mobile gaming that much. I don't like microtransactions. I don't like once great <laughs> IPs being repurposed as as cash grabs. Um, so it might it might be technically good. It might play well. Um, yeah, but yeah, but for me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, almost finally, for something really weird and interesting, <laughs> Ridge Racer Draw and Drift, a spin-off in the Ridge Racer series released for iOS and Android in 2016. It is the final game in the franchise, according to the wiki, but we don't know that for sure yet. Um, I don't know exactly. It sounds like it's kind of some kind of stripped down novelty experience um reiko nagase features in it um she's now the player's manager rather than the kind of race queen character figure um yeah uh again apologies listener for the lack of expertise on this it's no longer available yeah to draw your route along the track apparently with your finger that almost sounds like it could work as a mobile experience but again, it's not. I, I'm, really I'm, well I'm watching a video. I mean, it, it looks as far away from Ridge Race as you could probably get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at this point, they're just tarting around the IP, though, aren't they? Look, it's just a name, right? Kind yeah. of cash grabs. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, and I, I try not to be kind of too knee jerk with these things. Um, but yes, it is disappointing. I find I would much rather, you know, like when it's now four years ago since Konami hired M2 to make those Contra and Castlevania collections. And, you know, I'd much rather see stuff like that than, yeah, yeah, patchy slots. What they, or, what they could mobile. do with it. Yeah, exactly. Now, 
this is really <laughs> weird. So what I was doing researching this show, as you can tell from other comments I've made, is that I was searching the existing and legacy digital stores to find out what Ridge Racer games you could buy. I was hoping to see Ridge Racer 6 on the Xbox store. I was hoping to see Ridge Racer 7 on the PS3 store, but no. However, when I searched Ridge Racer on Xbox, two things came up. One was Unbounded, which we've talked about. The other is a brand new release. Um, interesting. Interestingly, the, um, the link that I've put to the Xbox store is now not working. <laughs> but Ooh. I did buy this because uh, I bought this with, with, with podcast money, thanks to our Patreons, because there's no way I was paying this out my own pocket. 15 pounds, right? <laughs> research purposes. Yeah, I listen. 15 pounds. <laughs> okay, it's really weird. I don't understand how this exists. It's by a company called VR Game Studio, Ridge Racer Redux. It came out last month. It is a basically a mildly altered PS1 ROM. It is the original game. It has all the original music, all the original speech, all the original options, all the original menus. It has some alterations to textures, but not all of them. So they've changed some of the stuff that refers to Namco Bandai properties but not all of it. Um, it. It plays exactly the same as the PS1 game. It's 30 FPS. You can see the clipping, um, you know, the polygons coming apart and all the PS1 kind of stuff. It's not totally bare bones in that it does have an emulation wrapper. It has a CRT filter, which I actually think is an okay one. I've seen worse on proper releases. Um, there is no mention of Bandai Namco anywhere. The game is called Ridge Racer Redux. It has some of the official art tweaked. It has the original title screen just with the word Redux added and Bandai Namco taken away. I looked at the, uh, you can, there's an option within the software to click on other games that this lot sell. And they're all basically market knockoffs like this. So they've got one called Space Invader. They've got multiple Space Invader singular games. Now, that makes it even less legal sense when you can currently buy multiple official legal Space Invaders compilations from Square Enix. At least with this one, like there's there's no kind of purchase conflict in a way because you can't buy this. Although you could say that this is taking money away from the PS4, PS5, R4 and PSP game purchases. I don't know how this exists. I don't know what the... They've got one in there called Geometry War, which is basically Geometry Wars, but their rip-off version. But you can still download Geometry Wars, or at least at least some of them, I think, for the Xbox. It's all very shady and weird. Um, I feel bad for giving them £15. But also, oh yeah, it's just the, the page has just refreshed, so it is still available for sale. Um, how does anyone know? Like, you're, you're a legal person, Chris. <laughs> I know you've been... I know it's not your specific area probably but how does this exist how how is this on the xbox marketplace it's fascinating this isn't it it's like the 1980s all over again yeah where you just throw it, out it's not a clone no it's the code it, it, it's the code it's really bizarre so just as you've been talking that i've just been trying to find something on the web Something. Yeah, there's no, no reviews of it anywhere and this company appears to have no footprint 
yeah. that I can find. And I initially thought that it was it had been taken down, but no, I've just found the... No, the, it's right there. Yeah, and Windows Marketplace, it's got a page, so you can get it on PC as well. Um, Fabulous. How does this exist? I have <laughs> no idea, but I can't imagine... Surely it's, it's just pending a cease and desist, isn't it? It's got to be. I mean, it's got to... Look, I mean, Namco of... of yeah, surely they will be defending their their IP rights. I mean, it's... Surely. Uh, Even if it is, yeah. sort of, what, seven years since their last official release themselves, that drawn drift mobile game, they still... it's This is not in the public domain. <laughs> like, this is not... It's not like that. It's, it's just bizarre. No, I mean, if it was um, Steam only, you'd be like, oh, God, so, you know, someone's got away with one there. They've snuck one through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to actually appear on the... On the Microsoft Store is pretty incredible. Mm. Playable on mobile as well, it says. Uh, playable on Xbox One as well as uh, series consoles. Um, you know, it says it's uh, 4K Ultra HD, but that just means that the the wrapper outputs at 4K or whatever the the game is. It may be it, it may be theoretically displaying 4K, but the 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 game is not enhanced in any way. It's 30 FPS. Uh, 480p or 240p or whatever the original was um very 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 odd i i would say i mean i'd say overpriced but it, i mean it shouldn't be anything because <laughs> they're basically making money off of other people's property and work but xbox are happy with this apparently it's so strange um, no achievements which i thought was interesting is is that a way of bypassing yeah, the kind like of a, the xbox there's a there's end a whole of things that almost like they're called their indie indie games kind of outside of the achievement structure yeah yeah, really weird. But I've played it, and it's just like playing oh, cool. Ridge Racer on right. PS4 <laughs> with a few with with a with a few minor tweaks. Um, by default, it maps your uh 360 or Xbox 360 <laughs> controller, your Xbox controller to the uh, Negicon. So it yeah, it's a bit twitchy, I would say, but it's basically it, it yeah, it's not it's not unplayable or anything. It just takes a bit of getting used to. Um, yeah, and I played, I played through multiple races with it, and it, yeah, it functions. It is a weird thing. It's probably one of the oddest things I've come across since we've been doing this podcast for twelve years. So, do you recommend it for fifteen? It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I mean, you can play it on a PS emulator That's for true. nothing, um, and it's and it's equally legal. Um, but that way, possible criminals don't get your fifteen quid. Um. Very, 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 I know, keep saying it. Very odd. Anyway, uh, the good news is the epic quest to save that final Ridge Racer full-scale cabinet was successful with uh, with it being detailed on arcadeblogger.com. It's been saved and uh, it's, I don't know exactly what's going to be done with it, but apparently it's alive. It will not be dismantled. The uh, the Unos Roadster, as it's known, the machine will um, will live on and be preserved. Uh, Tony Temple was involved, eh? That's right. Yeah. Interesting. Andrew Elmore from our forum again says, I would love to see Ridge Racer make a return. I feel like my very heart belongs to these games in a way that's difficult to pass. It's easy to be cynical about the idea of Ridge Racer 8, but the masterful revival of Ace Combat a few years ago gives me hope that there are people within Namco who really, truly understand what these games are. 
They are, after all, sister series to some extent. There are plenty of allusions across both franchises insinuating that they may take place in the same universe. And here in the real world, it certainly feels like they grew up together. They shared a lot of artists and musicians and production staff. It's not hard to feel like the fates and histories of Ridge Racer and Ace Combat are closely entwined. Here's hoping Ridge Racer returns with a mighty entrance someday soon. Yeah, really good point about Ace Combat. That did mm, make a yeah. triumphant comeback um, to regular consoles. I think it had DLC and MTX within it, but I don't think it was ruinous. So that would be nice. I mean, obviously, if a Ridge Racer came out now, it would have downloadable content of some description as well as a premium price. But I, I would love to think that, that the name alone would be worthy of the investment. But I could be wrong. I, I, racing games are, are quite a, an odd genre in their own right now. I, I don't think, mm. you know, there's, you kind of got the, like, the three mainstays of Grand Turismo, Forza, and I guess the crew being the other one, kind of more arcadey. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of, I would class as indie arcade racers out there, you know, a, a yes. smaller studios. Yeah, lots of um, Horizon Chase Turbo. Yeah, a lot of those, and, uh, yeah, a lot of those sort of stuff. Games that ate eight yeah, old arcade um, machines, yeah. But there, there's, I think for me, there's definitely room in, in the industry for a pure, fun arcade race like that. But whether it's worth the investment that would presumably be worth starting from the ground up again. And I'd, mm. yeah, for me, I'd love to see it, but who knows? It, yeah, I mean, there's clearly some interest, isn't there? Look at the amount of feedback we've had for this issue. You know, plenty of forum yeah. correspondence, a whole load yeah. of three word reviews. I mean, there's. It feels like that if you sit, talk to people about Ridge Racer, there's animation there, and there's clearly there's, there's interest. But it, is that interest fueled by the <laughs> fact that you know there's no prospect mm. of, of of another one coming out? I don't know. I mean, is there? It could look spectacular. In, it yeah. Could you imagine it in modern day? Oh, it oh. could look incredible. Yeah. I also love what um, what they did with. With Tekken 7, obviously, we're on the brink of Tekken 8 now. Tekken 7 is actually pretty old if you trace it all the way back. But it included, and they did it with Soul Calibur 6 as well. They made both of those like digital tributes, museums to the previous games yeah. in the series in a way that hasn't always been the case. You've got every intro, every, every soundtrack from earlier games in the series and all that stuff, which, um, yeah, for us <laughs> old sorts, it's... Uh, it's really nice and i would yeah even if it was even if it wasn't that they included playable versions of older games or maybe just the original if it just had all the all the intros oh, and, and all the music tracks and everything just a, a digital museum a, tri a tribute to the ridge racer series within a ridge racer 8 then that would yeah rocket it up my mm. must buy list i mean you could for me you could even leave off the ridge racer ridge racer 8 bit you know, I'd 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 love a museum piece on this. You know, just a digital museum. Just, well, just imagine then you you know you could all just imagine if you could watch videos of every track from the series and just jump into one at any time and just oh the sort of the um digital eclipse kind of yeah um, you imagine demo yeah. like they've recently done with um, Karataka exactly an in interactive documentary yeah that would be uh, incredible. I mean, something like that. You know, you would just take mm. my money. Yeah. All right, uh, three-word reviews. As you say, we've had some correspondence for this one, for sure. 
including these. Follow us on social media at Kane and Rinse. Alex79 says, Imperial Leather Racer. <laughs> Mr. Tom Fum says, Fun Nightclub Battles. Uh, he added, for context, they used to have PlayStation kiosks in a club I used to go to uh, with this and Wipeout on. I played a lot of it there because I was too shy to chat up girls long. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> he would have had more fun playing with Ray. <laughs> yeah. uh, Craig Higgins, uh, Slip Sliding Away. Shadowless Kick says, seriously awesome soundtrack. One Credit Classics says, 13th Rarest Hero. Agent Cordroy, Funky Sideways Racer. Gnosis, Gallagher yeah. Loading Screen. Mm, I'll let him have it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be really pedantic. <laughs> it's Hazel says, Texture Mapping Pioneer. Yes, I didn't, don't think I actually mentioned that, uh, according to Namco, this was the first video game arcade machine with actual proper texture mapping. Pure pressure. Glorious, uncomplicated fun. Bearfish Pie says, Dayglow Drift Paradise. Sean McGowan says, Endless Domestic Replayability. And Robin Hoodie says, Real Racing Roots. <laughs> nice. Nice. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, just to sum up, really, I think you've got a sense of how we all feel about this. It's a series I have a lot of affection for, even though, as you heard, I haven't played uh, half the entries within the franchise, I guess. Um, some of them I kind of feel I ought to have done, but I did start to drift away with R4, despite it being one of the most beloved entries. However, I have been playing the PSP versions pretty much since they came out or since the PSP launched in this country in 2005 it's always it's never far away from a few laps and um, the fact that it's now permanently installed on my PS5 means that um, yeah it's uh, it's always at my fingertips yeah again as we say some kind of uh, either a full-blown sequel in the style that they did with with Ace Combat um a new numbered Ridge Racer or an ultimate Ridge Racer featuring everything best of all the games and different handling models and vehicles and all the tracks and all the music and all the intros would be, yeah, a dream come true really. And, and a day one purchase, but whether such a thing is in any way remotely likely, I don't know. But yeah, until then, um, I can't recommend that you pick up the dubious <laughs> legality oh. version on the Xbox, although it will give you a good insight um, into what Ridge Racer 1 on the PS1 was like, but it won't make you feel how it made us feel 30 years ago nearly when we were looking at a game like that at home with graphics like that, fast 3D polygons with textures and uh, and pumping music and going, wow, how is this even possible? Um, but yeah, uh, a great franchise sadly has dwindled away um, but there's always hope these things can get a revival. And if not, original hardware and eBay and so on and so forth are your friends. But yeah, if you if you say didn't free, even know that this was an arcade game, <laughs> Tony, educate yourself. Uh, <laughs> never letting that one down, we? <laughs> I'm just sort of, no, genuinely, obviously, we, you know, we're way too mature here to uh humiliate each other or, or take you know uh, be seriously uh kind of derogatory about such things but i'm sort of amazed that 
you wouldn't have you wouldn't have ever seen like a picture or a, just yeah i just thought it was always kind of no <laughs> so that doesn't surprise me as a 13 year old kid but it does surprise but i haven't learned that since being a 13 year old kid so i i, I would right. give you i should have educated myself beyond then certainly as i've played so many in the <laughs> also series. you don't you didn't grow up by the seaside like well, i did so i, I lived I in Arcade a long time because my dad had a boat on the seaside so you know we used to spend every weekend <laughs> oh, yeah. at the seaside much my own chagrin but no ridge racer but, uh, no yeah. excuse then tony yeah, there is no excuse <laughs> but I, I i think then to continue my feelings of the series it's been a really fun mem- trip down memory lane um ridge racer has a i i think for me a, a strong legacy it's it's a series that I think think is kind of overlooked in many conversations. I think when you know Daytona comes up a lot, um, and I think obviously there's been so many racing games, but it's a series that I think you know you say Ridge Racer, and most people will have that instant, colourful, bright, colourful look of those cars. Certainly in the original games, pop into their head and that, that kind of funky music. And I think fundamentally, that's when it was at its peak is those early years on the playstation it felt like it had this real strong identity and it knew exactly what it was and what it wanted to be and it got stronger and stronger as each release there come after i think when they started to mess around with a bit more like what the formula could be and how it would fit into whatever yeah i guess year year to our console generation um they they kind of come a little bit unstuck once they lost a bit of that identity. But equally, how hard is it to to keep selling you know games to the next generation of kids if they've not had grown up with that first generation? Um, but uh, I've had a really good good fun going through playing this playing games that I have played in the past and researching games which I haven't played in the past and seeing how how it developed over that time. I don't know if I could recommend any particular one in the series. I think if you, the time and place, if you'd played the original, it's well worth going back and, and sourcing the kind of those original discs and just enjoying it because it brings back that kind of smile that only those early type games can do that bring up the kind of the the memories. But um, I think, you know, I, it's funny going back now, like I, I really loved Ridge Racer 6 because I spent a lot of time with it. I love Rage Racer because I spent a lot of time with it and I loved um uh, the original Ridge Racer. So if I was to pick three out of just like a random collection of the ones that have given me the most joy over the, those years, it's probably those three because I spent the most time with those three. Um, and they're all very different from each other. So I'm not even sure what Ridge Racer in this three is other than just, you know, can be a really good, fun, colourful, bright and entertaining driving game. And I think the key to it is it always seemed to put a smile on my face. Um and that's an odd thing to say about many racing games because that's not always what they can do. Some are quite long-winded and boring. Um, so yeah, really, really, really enjoyed kind of just going back and and having a retrospective of of a gaming franchise that's been many years in the making. And I hope one day that they'll either do a confirmation of some kind or a you never know. Maybe we'll get a full-blown Ridge Race. What would it be now? Eight, I guess I would name it. <laughs> they'd probably come out just with races wouldn't they or something bizarre but yeah you, you can but wish and dream thanks tony chris yeah i'm really glad we got to do this because there isn't for for all the interest and all of the acclaim that the series gets there's not a huge amount of media out there we've mentioned mm. the digital foundry yeah. videos and john lindeman clearly a huge fan of the series yeah. has done some brilliant work 
over the past few years. So those videos are well worth checking out. But if you were to do a search for Ridge Racer podcasts, uh, and, mm. and if anyone's listened to this and they host one, then please do forgive me. There isn't a huge amount out there. Yeah, I was convinced that Retro Gamer had done in the past two or three years a feature, you know, the history of Ridge Racer. Nope. Yeah. Nope. No. Uh, nope, absolutely not. So there's the occasional... So the making of Ridge Racer was way back in about issue 52, and they've mm. done various small features, but nothing, I would say, there's not even anything on Rage Racer. It's all Ridge Racer Revolution. There's something on the Rave Racer. Barely anything. And for right. such an, a series that's sold in the numbers, it's sold that has the uh, acclaim and the nostalgia attached to it. There's very little out there. So I'm really glad that we've been able to to celebrate the series in, in this way. I have a huge amount of affection for the series. It's tied to a lot of memories from my teenage years with with friends that have uh, passed away. And, and a lot of my teenage gamer memories are from that PlayStation era, playing the likes of Ridge Race and the WWF games and ISS. So a lot of my affection is certainly tied towards nostalgia. I thought that was the case with R4 as well. I thought I would go back to it and I thought I would say, ah, you know, I remember this. Remember how good this was? Look at it now. I was almost a little bit emotional, to be honest, to to find that my connection with it was not even as strong as it used to be, but was almost like doubly so. And that Mm. game proudly takes its place on my epic shelf of dreams. (laughs) <laughs> uh, alongside, you know, a select few other games. Awesome. I'm not sure I do want Ridge Racer 8 after this conversation. <laughs> I yeah. would be trepidatious about Ridge Racer 8. I it, it, There's part of me that wants to just stick a huge cabinet around R4 and say, that's it for me, that'll do. Give me some kind of anthology or compilation or museum collection and take my money, take it all, take it now. Uh, I'll buy it on every single platform I can get my hands on. I promise I won't do that thing and clamor for something and then ignore it. If they would give me that, I would be very happy. I think there's space for another Ridge Racer game. But for me, I think we've got enough. And thankfully now some of these titles are available I, if I could recommend three titles to encapsulate the series, it would be the original R4, obviously, and 7. I think if you had those three games, I think you would see the spread and the evolution of the whole thing. And the rest for me, whilst there's some great titles in there, probably kind of fraying around the edges a little bit. I love it, and I'm really glad we got to do this. Mashing. Thanks, everybody. Yes, so it just remains for me, Leon, to thank Chris and Tony and our editor, Jay as well as our correspondence. Plus, of course, as always, you for listening. Next time in issue 588, Super Castlevania 4.
Mm-hmm.